out on the road mentally. You know, so a lot of times people, you know, don't really get to prepare and stuff. So it's good to mentally already prepare yourself. Oh man, I got some fucking noise for you guys, man. Like never before. Like never oh man, you you look look. Here it here it's out. and my five tips for touring prepare yourself to be out on the road mentally and stuff you know so a lot of times people you know don't really mentally prepare and stuff so it's good to mentally already prepare yourself for being away from the house and stuff be courteous be courteous to people you outside of your home so when you go into somebody else's home you need to be courteous and stuff you know and um, be on your best behavior keep you some communication with you know whoever you out with and stuff you never know you might get lost and stuff so you know you might be on the tour bus and stuff and then you decide oh, the bus stops and you want to get off the bus and, and go use the restroom and stuff you know take your phone with you or something because maybe the bus driver didn't even know you got off the bus and your ass is in bum fuck I don't know where and your ass get lost and stuff so you need to hold you some communication um help man take care of yourself man you know you on tour and stuff you you gotta do the job and stuff you know what i'm saying who wants to do a job and be sick doing the job and stuff you know we as performers and stuff we're subjugated to perform at uh, 100 every time we see the people they automatically expect 100 they don't expect your ass sick or none of that and stuff you know what i'm saying so we got to do the utmost to stay well and stuff so getting sleep and eating right you know what i'm saying on while you on the road um not doing it too hard or whatnot and stuff but everybody has their own temperament whatever they work with and stuff but for the most part and stuff if you got a lock on it in the beginning and stuff then you cruise through it to the end and stuff you know last but not least um document you know someone told me that if you don't document yourself then you know or what you do then you just become a lost tribe and stuff you know so people will happen like oh did they exist or did they not exist and you know you'll tell all these people i was on tour and you know document what you're doing and stuff because you'll just be doing it in a moment but then it'll be gone and stuff i can tell you just from personal experience and stuff i wish i would have been documenting a lot of stuff that jurassic 5 did in the past and stuff you know so now as much as i can so i take pictures and you know do a little video as much as i can and stuff it's pretty you know hard but if you can't think about it and stuff because in the future you'll want people to know that you really existed and stuff so yeah Yo, check this. Check, check this, son. We give you all of our negative emotions, all of our negative thoughts, Father God. All of those identities. One of my group members said some shit about Jimmy Iveen. I ain't gonna even say the name, but one of them said some shit. And, and Jimmy went the fuck off. He was finna the fucking, he was like, I'll snatch y'all shit off the shelf right now. This is just before Power Numbers is finna come out. And he like, yo, what the fuck, who the fuck you think you're doing? But literally, he's saying this to my, my manager at the time and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, the fuck, you know, whoop, whoop. And none of us knew this guy did this interview. You know what I'm saying? So, this is all, you know, like, like, come to us like, yo. A lot of y'all probably don't know, but I'm a Delta, and so my line name is Perseverance. And so when I was having a moment of 
That's creepy, bro. So, here I want y'all to hear this again. Yo, yo, this is I Kill the MC from the Jurassic 5 and, uh, ooh, my dream tour, if I could have a dream tour, um, I would have us, definitely, um, the far side, um, alcoholics, freestyle fellowship, and the souls of mischief and reasons why is that we all are groups for one we all are groups from um the west coast um we all represent a paradigm shift in um music and how it was looked at from the west coast and stuff you know most of us uh most of west coast music got, got known for gangster rap or whatnot and stuff from big up you know what i'm saying so people like the dog pound and people that had groups and stuff you know what i'm saying uh, but but this in particular uh our style of music and how people took to us and stuff more so uh, a lot of uh, east coast and people around the world you know took to us because of the style of hip-hop that we chose to do and stuff you know so i think you know for me that would be like my, my dream tour and stuff because of the dynamics and the group and then the different type of style of you know things that we represented and stuff you know what i'm saying so yeah uh Jurassic Five, Alcoholics, Far Side, Souls of Mischief, and Freestyle Fellowship. So y'all heard that part, right? Now nah, I want to play this. To destroy us, he's been fucking clown. up lately. Got us talking about people. He's been clown. That can't even have babies. He's been clown. He used the one word clown. to describe the man, ladies. He's been clown. When I said that I didn't even mean no disrespect to the man, ladies. He's been clown. You don't even have to do the beat, DC. Make Chad do the shit. Cause he been clown. Cause he been sitting over there, my nigga. And he ain't been doing shit. He's yeah. been clown. Hey, he's been clown. Too much.
much shit going on in the hey, world. He's been clown. They cloning people. Hey, he North Korea clown. about to blow us off the map. He's been clown. Russia sneaking over here shit. He's been clown. Too much shit going on in the world. He's been clown. They cloning people. He's been clown. North Korea about to blow us off the map. He's been clown. Black people still ain't equal. He's been clown. They having clan rallies, neo-Nazis. Everywhere you look. But if you mention the word white people, they'll knock you off of Facebook. The world ain't equal no more. You can't go to the motherfucking military. They've been cloning people. Man, this shit getting scary. Hey, I turned the shit on CNN. North Korea got a missile. People leaking information. Somebody blow the Wilson. I'm watching Anderson Cooper, and then I go to Don Lincoln. North Korea got the shit over there, and Kim Jong Il over there tripping. <laughs> See, North Korea got the shit. They said they're ready to start shooting. We said we're going to war with Russia, and we'll fuck with Vladimir Putin. So shit didn't happen in Virginia. The neo-Nazis came out. Last week we did a song about all the roaches in your house. And now we're talking about cloning and why you shouldn't eat fish. Have you ever caught a tilapia, my nigga? No. Think about this. They say eating a piece of tilapia is really worse than eating bacon. What? And you know all the purple onions in the United States come from right down outside of Macon. What? And this ain't shit that I made up. And this is real life facts. They had all of the history, my nigga. Especially if it's black. See, George Washington Carver. See, that's the nigga with the nuts. But what they won't tell people is that they cut off his nuts. I had to tell the motherfuckers who don't have to work Google. What if Earth ain't Earth, my nigga? What if we really live on Google? chicken nuggets for a dollar in your budget but they sell chicken everywhere so what the fuck is a nugget what's a nugget what's a nugget I never bought a nugget at your fucking restaurant let me get a leg of nuggets so it's a chicken finger the same thing as a chicken tender Nuggets, my nigga. No, listen, Linda. Nuggies are chicken balls. Nuggies are chicken balls. <laughs> Nuggies are chicken balls. <laughs> Don't lose your s when building an online store. Selling online has no. Hey! This is why it's Yahweh Radio Production, man. The world's going nuts. La praise ya. I was going somewhere. <laughs> I was going somewhere with this. <laughs>
shoot, man. This is not okay. Oh, my goodness. This world is nuts. I gotta do it again. They've been, they've been on hiatus. We ain't doing no more white voice. No, man. bro. You see now, the shit going on in the world? The, now this nigga want more all white this, people. All God damn, man. All the we do got to be. Are you aware, like, are you aware that Charlottesville? He's been clown. He's been clown. He's been clown. They sent Chad here to destroy us. He's been clown. Fucking up lately. Got us talking about people. He's been clown. That can't even have babies. He's been clown. He used the one word clown. to describe the man ladies. He's been clown. When I said that, I didn't even mean no disrespect to the man ladies. He's been clown. You don't even have to do the beat, DC. Make Chad do the shit. Because he been clown. Because he been sitting over there, my nigga. And he ain't been doing shit. He's yeah. been clown. Yeah. He's been clown. Too much shit going on in the hey. world. He's been clown. They cloning people. Hey, he's North been Korea clown. about to blow us off the map. He's been clown. Russia sneaking over here and shit. He's been clown. Too much shit going on in the world. He's been clown. <laughs> they cloning people. He's been clown. North Korea about to blow us off the map. He's been clown. Black people still ain't equal. He's been clown. They having clan rallies, neo-Nazis. Everywhere you look. But if you mention the word white people, they'll knock you off of Facebook. The world ain't equal no more. You can't go to the motherfucking military. They've been cloning people. Man, this shit getting scary. Hey, I turned the shit on CNN. North Korea got a missile. People leaking information. Somebody blow the I'm watching Anderson Cooper, and then I go to Don Lennon. North Korea got the shit over there, and Kim Jong Il over there tripping. <laughs> See, North Korea got the shit. They said they're ready to start shooting. We said we're going to war with Russia, and we don't fuck with Vladimir Putin. So shit didn't happen in Virginia. Nazis came out. Last week we did a song about all the roaches in your house. And now we're talking about cloning and why you shouldn't eat fish. Have you ever caught a tilapia, my nigga? No. Think about this. They say eating a piece of tilapia is really worse than eating bacon. What? And you know all the purple onions in the United States come from right down outside of Macon. What? And this ain't shit that I made up. And this is real life facts. They had all of the history, my nigga. Especially if it's black. See, George Washington Carver. See, that's the nigga with the nuts. But what they won't tell people is that they cut off his nuts. I had to tell the motherfuckers who don't have to work Google. What if Earth ain't Earth, my nigga? What if we really live on Google? 
so ecstatic right now I'm not gonna tell you right now <laughs> oh man but uh, this is this is what I wanted to this is where I was going to so you know so you don't get fully distracted remember the first part of the video um, I'm gonna go back uh, play oh man um Well, maybe not. I am Tupac. Thank you. 
show to go see Tupac in person. I didn't perform in Brixton Academy. I didn't. I didn't been in Manchester. I didn't been all over Birmingham. I didn't been all over County UK. Where you at? When you gonna show up? I'm in Springfield, Massachusetts. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, bro. I'm here. Always been here. Stuff. 83rd North. You know what I'm saying? Big up, big up, L Funk, Funny Gear. You know what I'm saying? Brothers, brothers, now, bro. My best friend is football and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Hit Reginald Denny with that brick and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So stop playing, bro. It's too many people that know me for real in the streets of LA and stuff. They all be popping this gum shit and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Man, don't want no beat, bro. There ain't nobody talking about no fucking beat. I'm just talking about you seeing me face to face, bro. Nobody talking about no beef. I ain't, I ain't into that dumb shit, bro. That ain't me. Ain't nobody talking about no damn beef. I'm just talking about you seeing me face to face, bro. That's what I'm talking about. Nobody talking about no goddamn beef. I don't give a fuck about no goddamn beef, man. That, 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 that ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about somebody seeing somebody face to face, not this fucking video shit. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't talking about face to face to don't come see me and you'll pull up on me. I ain't, I ain't none of that shit, nigga. Pull up on me to see if I'm a real person. See if, see, see if I'm a real person. Look me in my face. Look me in my face. Touch my hand. Shake my hand, nigga. You know what I'm saying? You never touched Tupac hand. You never seen Tupac and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So how would you even know if I was or not him and stuff? You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to, trying to get at your ass. You know what I'm saying? Man, get up out of here, bro, man. Don't miss me with that shit and stuff. You just mad because you got fucking school and I just showed you that your ass got school and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Come on with the bullshit, bro. Keep it real. If you's a real nigga, keep it real and stuff. You know what I'm saying? That ain't keeping it real and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Do I come to East Atlanta and stuff? I live, I, 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 I'm all around, bro. Where you at, Sean Carter? Where you at? I'm all around, bro. I'm all around. These plans to go to the Midwest, my man, and stuff. Yeah, definitely and stuff. I got, I got some stuff planned this, uh, this year. You know, I'll be back out, out there, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you know, feel free to, feel to pull up and stuff. I don't have no bodyguards. Ain't nobody gonna, gonna run up on you and stuff, all that shit. You know what I'm saying? None, none of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's just me, homie. You'll see me and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Walking the streets. Every, everywhere, bro. You, you'll see me, bro. I, I'm not, I'm not no, no, no type of, type of, uh, 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 bodyguard type of nigga and stuff. You know what I'm saying? You see me, you see me, bro. That's all that is and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Be a bitch. Much respect. Much respect, bro. Excuse me for the rant. You know, for those that, you know, feel like I'm, you know, going too hard or whatnot and stuff. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, just much respect to everybody out there and stuff. You know, you know, yeah, man. Just get off the funny shit and stuff. I'll be back on. All right? All right, peace, man. I wish I could have saved that up. I don't know how to save that other one. Shit, that. That was, 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 that who would have surgery and not fucking on their face? Who would have a facial surgery and stuff to, to hide from death, from hide from somebody that died and that the whole so nobody else would know who that person was? Who would have surgery and fuck up the surgery, bro? Why would I even have look like 
understand. Why, why would I fucking cut my eyebrows off? Why would I fucking look like the person that I am, bro? You just, that's just, bro. All right, peace. I'll see you. <laughs> You know what I mean? The only thing that can kill me is death. That's the only thing that ever stopped is death. And even then, my music will live forever, forever, forever. You got to roll every man in America once. Right. <laughs> Punani smelling, bro. Everywhere I go. You smell a Punani, huh? That is you. You and your ass. It's killing me. Punani. <laughs> My mother got to go see that movie, man. Yeah, um, I know you ain't smelling. <laughs> Did you get to kiss her? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Is she a good kisser? Oh, yes. 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 I was like, God, do it again. One more time, John, please. Y'all don't even got to pay me. Do it again. Was her boyfriend on the set? Oh, right there. He's right there. Did that intimidate you? Not intimidate me, but it made me, like, really want to kiss her. You know what I'm saying? Because... shot you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. you know he's gonna try to give her a kiss as soon as it's cut anyway so let me do mine so i know he can't do his i'm kissing <laughs> like i wanted something from her you know what i'm saying <laughs> i was at home i was at home practicing with 30 wives of bubble gun uh, 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 uh. <laughs> she gonna get it <laughs> That's all I ever wanted to do. Ask my mama. I wanted to go to college. I went to school all the way and was ready to go to college. The only thing that stopped me was money. The time we all of my all the kids in my school was writing applications to go to college. I didn't have no lights and no electricity, and that ain't my mama's fault. You know what I'm saying? So when I think back to that, I'm not thugging for me. I'm thugging for my family. I pay all the bills. You know what I'm saying? I, I feed my whole family, wrong or right. I do, and I can't stop. You know what I'm saying? If thugging is going to make me a million bucks, because it just got me platinum, then that's what I got to do constantly. And if it makes me feel, because right now, I feel satisfied. I don't feel like I've ever embarrassed myself or my people, you know, in nothing that I've done. And yet, no, I got the whole world fearing me. You know what I'm saying? At 23, weighing 160 pounds, you know what I'm saying? And I ain't even started. I haven't even rolled my plan out yet. And they scared. I got the vice president know who I am, the president, every cop in every city. You know what I'm saying? And I haven't even started working out a plan. They were all in the same hotel as me. They were all right in the same room with me. Why am I the only one in court right now? Why is the cameras all on me? And in the report, in all these charges, I didn't do nothing. I'm, I'm charged with being in concert with some guy. Where they at? Why me? Because I'm too pop No, I'm not angry at them. I'm angry at the system. I don't want nobody else to go to jail. You know what I'm saying? But I don't want to go to jail for something I didn't do. You know what I'm saying? I just don't want to be the scapegoat. I just want to be, I want to be, only way I've, I've been practicing my whole life to live my life is to be responsible for what I do. I don't know how to be responsible for what every black male did. I don't know. I guess I am going to say that I'm a thug. That's because I came from the gutter and I'm still here. I'm not saying I'm a thug because I want to rob you and rape people and things. I'm a businessman. I mean, you know I'm a businessman because you find me at my places of business. You don't find me up in, in you know what I'm saying? I don't understand this. I don't understand what, what do you this. Think about the jury? You
I can't explain why I shine and no one else shines. I think everybody shines in different things. And a lot of things I can't do. I can't play basketball like every other black person in America. But I can act. I, I know how to go to that true spot in myself because I'm there every day. I can be me. I can be whoever because I'm true to me. I can go to neutral easily. A lot of people, black, white, Mexican, young or old, fat or skinny, have a problem being true to themselves. They have a problem looking in the mirror and looking directly into their own souls. The reason I sell six million records, the reason I can go to jail and come out without a scratch, the reason I can walk around, the reason I am who I am today is because I can look directly into my face and find my soul. It's there. It's not sold. I didn't sell it. It's still within me. I still feel it. My heart is still connected to my body. So I, I could, any character, I'm going to bring that intensity, that truth, and that honesty to it because I have to repay for, for that blessing from black Jesus, from God. I have to pay for that by shining. If he give you the, the voltage and you waste it, that's the curse. He gave me the voltage, I'm going to shine. It's not mine. It's from God. It's God. Jail. I seen that one. Trust me, this is this is what's real. And all that other shit is to control you. If the churches took half the money that they was making and gave it back to the community, we'd be alright. If they take half the buildings that they use to praise God and gave it to motherfuckers who need God, we'd be alright. We'd be alright. Have you seen some of these goddamn churches lately? It's ones that take up the whole block in New York. It's homeless people out here. some of these interviews when I was younger. Um. Just remember that right here, I could have been doing something with a lot of curses in it, and I wouldn't have run with all of vibes to the last word. There's been a whole bunch of motherfucking rocker rockers. But I ain't gonna do that for the kids out there, so I changed. But, five on live. So imagine it was a rap on the back of that. Five on live. Where do you see yourself in 20 years from now? 
breath for 20 more years, I see myself changing the world. Because my thought patterns are so opposite of what's the norm. Really? So I would have to change the world or I have to be changed by the world. Um, how is it working with Shug and how this feels for you? And a lot of your East Coast fans feel like your new allegiance to the West Coast has felt, you know, a lot of them feel maybe you're not as loyal to the East Coast anymore. That's so nonsense. <laughs> this is not a new allegiance to the West Coast. I've been on the West Coast all this time. It's just because some people, not all, right. some people on the East Coast be on their dick so hard that they never heard me say that I'm living on the West Coast. Right. It's just that by me keeping it real, I always said where I came from. I always gave New York big props. On Me Against the World, I took a whole song to give it up. So now the next album, when I want to give it up in my home, where I'm at, fucking show he do. Why well, didn't I have a problem with Bronx and Boom? They just did a Sprite commercial off um, the bridge and KRS. But what, why is it not hip-hop when I do it? Well, I mean, goddamn. Why is it suddenly a nigga tripping when I do it? Why that everybody else could have a war, have beef, was in the music, talk about differences, and it's okay, it's music, it's hip-hop, it's groundbreaking. When I do it, it's war. And that's all I'm doing. All I'm doing is saying I'm tired of you talking about where you from. And, and what we gonna do now? Cause we was doing it like hip hop was one nation, and I have proof to say what, what I was doing. I did more for the East Coast than the East Coast did. I put more guns in East Coast niggas' hands than East Coast niggas did when they came out here. I put the niggas on the more weed gates and weed spots and safe havens and safe spots than the East Coast did. I put more rappers on than they did. I gave Biggie his first shows. I was the one that put, I was that bridge that niggas used to walk on to get over here. I explained it. I'm the one that told you. I'm why all these niggas run around with a gangbang on their payroll now. Is there still a beef going on with you and me? It was never a beef. It's only a difference in opinion. Right. To me, if I, like, my, my homeboy should gave me the best advice I could ever give from anybody. He said... He's, when people ask him if he's beefing with um, Bad Boy, with Puffy, he says, like, me going to a playground and picking on a little kid. Right. That's like me being mad at my little brother because he getting cash now. I'm not mad at that. I'm just mad at my little brother when he don't respect me. Yeah. And when you don't respect me, I'm going to spank your ass. I don't give a fuck how rich you got on the block. I'm your big brother. I will break your big ass down. And that's my, that's only, that's my only point. And I feel as though you wronged me. You got out of hand and you wronged me. You got seduced by the power. Not because it's an evil person, yeah. but because money is evil if it's not handled right. If you lose your composure, you can do anything. And he, he, fear got stronger than love. And niggas did things that they know they weren't supposed to do. They know in their heart. That's why they in hell now. Right. They can't sleep. That's why they're telling all of the reporters and all the people, why are they doing this? They fucking up hip-hop. Because they in hell. They can't make money. They can't go anywhere. They can't look at themselves because they know the prodigal son has returned. I'm alive. The ghost is walking around. You know what I mean? And I'm alive talking. In jail, I didn't talk. I made peace. Now, everybody thinks that I disrespected or I love, I love my East Coast fans. I'm from there. I'm eating New York pizza. I drive New York jeeps. I want to hear New York. But I'm saying, let's keep it real for a second. If you have the level of music that you are, study. Go back 
and study. Study how party and bullshit was me before I met Biggie. You don't hear my style in this rap. Study how after I met Biggie, Ready to Die come out, his whole style changed. Study. Study why I would be mad. Study why I would be mad when half of New York, half of the major New York rappers, or they, or they managers, or they agents, or they somebody was there when I got shot. And nobody couldn't give me no information. Just study that. Study how when Wu-Tang got their chain snatched at 6'6 six, six Deuce, I not only found who did it, but gave them the message that if they want to see the niggas that did it, they can see them. Man to man. Just you and them. No guns, no nothing. If you feel like that, that's all I ask for. That's all I ask for. If you're gonna act like you a gangster or a G or the king of New York, I'm expect that. And when you don't come through, then I'm gonna crush your empire. And that's what it's time for. Um, so, do you think Puffy was involved in the shooting? Only they can answer that question. Right. I have my own opinion, but I wouldn't slander their name like they did mine. Right. I wouldn't say things that I knew. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I believe so. I do believe so. I have proof, things that I could say that would back up my claim, but this is not for the world to know about. Right. You know what I mean? It's between me and him, and only he knows. Right. So every time we say it ain't happy, you know, that's the only thing that makes this become an issue yeah. to everybody. Because I read, I, I, you seen what I said in the Vibe. I basically bowed out and was going to go ahead about my life. The next issue, that, no, that wasn't even the next issue because them cowards waited about four issues before they got their story together. Four issues later, half of New York is commenting on me getting shot. And before, they was all like, we didn't see nothing. In the first issue, we did five viewers. Nobody seen shit. The fourth issue, when they came back with a reply, everybody knew what I did. Fear. I have no fear. 
these niggas represent a threat. Because I worked too hard on this. And as far as hip-hop and all of that, I feel as though I'm not the god of hip-hop. But what we do on the West Coast, I sold five million in two months. Biggie album been out two years. He's barely touching two million. This nigga that had 50 remixes, a thousand. He got everybody in New York in his videos and still barely touching two million. I've been out two months. My shit sold five million with two videos out. I'm just starting. These niggas can't touch us. They can't. They can't. Really, it's funny. I think the new era of rap is like... That's what they want to do. Okay. That's what they want to do because now everybody is shell-shocked and they have trauma. We've been having traumatic nights always. I want to get away from it a lot. I tried to get away from it, but you can't. That's what they taught me. Right. The streets didn't teach me that thug life can never die. The world taught me that. I thought I could retire and move on. When I moved on to the so-called real world, the civilized world, these motherfuckers is worse than the niggas in the streets. Saying you got raped in jail, I'm so sorry. That shit right there is what will fuel the anger that will never die. Having a, I had to write letters to a thousand little kids explaining to them that I would be dead before a motherfucker would rape me, and you know that. So, as far as everybody, there is no mercy in my heart. You know what I mean? I'm not out here on the wild shit like I was before. This is not the same Tupac. Believe me. I'm just very pissed off. And don't think because you see me at an award show smiling or giving away an award or because I don't fight at this time. And I'm, that don't mean I ain't mad. I'm pissed off. And this ain't, don't tell me ain't nothing wrong and we should all be together and woo 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 because y'all niggas ain't getting no more money. You ain't getting no money because I made it that way. You have groups coming out, you produce yeah, groups? Yeah, the Outlaws. Oh, really? I murdered Thug Life uh -huh. and gave birth to the Outlaws. I murdered Thug Life. Them niggas ain't act right. I murdered all of them, as far as the music business. And I gave birth to the Outlaws, and they all blood relatives. Now I got a military, not mob like Italians, but mob like we've been mob-orientated all our lives. Fuck that shit they be telling me about, because everybody's saying because we choose to be organized now that we are emulating Italians, and we should emulate Italians because they don't like us. Motherfuckers got it twisted, you know what I mean? We got organization because we peak game, and it's not the mob really that we're seeing, it's really the Government, they the biggest mob. That's what we study. Governments. Just like me, they say this guy's Mr. Duplicity. He's always saying this good shit to the females, and he say ho oh, and this and that. See, that's where you're wrong. First, you tell all the niggas they tell him too short. He never say nice shit, and they telling him he's a horrible person. I say one bad shit on one side, a good shit on the other side, and I'm Mr. Duplicity. <laughs> what does the world want? They have to sit they politically correct ass down and figure out what it is they want, because they bullshit. All the time. I'm really into books. They, they, I'm, I'm into the part. Right now, I'm into um, Mastering the Art of War, The Art of War. I just found all these new books. Um, um, Thoughts of a General, uh, How to Win an Argument Every Time, The Buying of a President. Um, uh, what's that book I got? The, the Russian Guy? Stalin. Stalin, I got that. Christopher Darden book. <laughs> Uh, you'll never work again in Hollywood, whatever that is when they talk about all the people that slept together. I'm that. A lot of different things, but mostly shit on what built generals and what made countries and what, what I want to read what Clinton read. Because he does the same shit I do, but don't, you know, get in trouble. All his homeboys commit suicide. He get caught with his pants down in the bathroom, and this nigga is still the president. I got women, all, you know, marching outside my shows. This nigga is the fucking president.
44. He's 40. What's his excuse? Hey, guys.
I try to pray about it and God just out And I think that's and I and to me, religion, my idea of religion is this. I think that if you I, I got learned this from jail, because I I talked to every God there was in jail. I think that if you take one one of the O's out of good, it's God. If you had a D to evil, it's the devil. I think some cool motherfuckers sat down a long time ago and said, let's figure out a way to control motherfuckers. And that's what they came up with, is the Bible. Because if the God wrote the Bible, I'm sure it would have been a revised copy by now. You know what I mean? Because a lot of shit has changed. And I've been looking for this revised copy, and I don't see it. I still see that same old copy that they had from then. And I'm not disrespecting anybody's religion. Please forgive me if it comes off like that. I'm just stating my opinion. I feel like we get crucified. I mean, the Bible was telling us all these people did this because they suffered this much. That's what makes them special people. I got shot five times. One, two, three, four, five. You know what I mean? I, I, and I got crucified to the media. You know what I mean? And I walked through with the thorns on. And I had shit thrown on me. And I had the, the, the thief at the time. I told that nigga I'd be back for you. You know what I mean? And trust me, this is not supposed to be going down. I'll be back. So I'm not saying I'm Jesus, but I'm saying that we go through that type of thing every day. We don't part the Red Sea, but we walk through the hood without getting without getting shot. You know what I mean? We don't turn water to wine, but we turn motherfucking dope, dope fiends and dope heads into profitable, um, productive citizens into society. You know what I mean? We don't do, we don't, we know we turn money. We turn words into money. You know what I mean? What, what greater gift can there be? So I believe God blesses us. I believe God blesses those that hustle, those that use their mind, and those that overall are righteous. I believe that your karma, everything that you do bad comes back to me. So anything that I'm doing that's bad, I'm going to have to suffer for. But in my heart, I think what I'm doing is right. You know what I mean? So I feel like I'm going to heaven. You know what I mean? And I think heaven is just when you sleep, you sleep with a good conscience. You don't have nightmares. And hell is when you sleep, the last thing you see is all the fucked up things you did in your life. And you just see it over and over again. Because you don't burn. Because if, if that's the case, it's hell on earth. Because bullets burn. You know what I mean? It's people that got burned in fires. That means they went to hell already. You know what I mean? All that is here. So what, what else? What do you got there that we ain't seen here? What, you gonna walk around aimlessly, the zombie? Nigga, that's here. You ain't been on the streets lately. You know what I mean? But what heaven is now. Look, we sitting up here in the big screen. It's heaven for the moment. You know what I mean? Hell is jail. I seen that one. Trust me, this is this is what's real. And all that other shit is to control you. If the churches took half the money that they was making and gave it back to the community, we'd be alright. If they take half the buildings that they use to praise God and give it to motherfuckers who need God, we be alright. We be alright. Have you seen some of these goddamn churches lately? It's ones that take up the whole block in New York. It's homeless people out here. Why ain't God letting them stay here? Why these niggas got gold ceilings and shit? Why God need gold ceilings to talk to me? Why do God need colored windows to talk to me? Why God can't come where I'm at, where he sent me? If God wanted to talk to me in a pretty spot like that, why the hell he sent me here then? You know what I mean? That, that made ghetto kids not believe in God. Why? So that's a wrong religion. I believe in God. I believe God put us wherever we want to be at. Then it makes sense that God would put us in the ghetto. That means he wants us to work hard to get up out of here. That means he's testing us even more. That makes sense. It makes sense that if you're good in your heart, then you, you're closer to God. But if you're evil, then you're close to the devil. That makes sense. I see that every day. All that other spooky shit don't make sense. And I don't even believe, I'm not dissing him, but I don't believe in the brothers. I was in jail with him and having conversations with brothers and God, I'm God, you God, open the gate for me. Yeah. You know, I, 
fart sunnies and I fart moonies. How the hell do I pop this fucking gate and get me free up out of here? Then I'll be a five percent of full life. Day and she was like thinking of a goal and thinking about what she wanted to happen for her this year. Okay. <laughs> Essential energy. Live fit. Tell me what does Tupac Amaro Shakur mean? Okay. It means I was named after this Inca chief from South America whose name was Tupac Amaro, but it's a lot of people named Tupac Amaro. It's like a whole tribe named Tupac Amaro. So my mom named me after this Inca chief. And I think that the tribal breakdown means like intelligent warrior, something like that. But he's a deep dude. <laughs> he, is, he is. If I go to South America, they're going to love me, I'm telling you. It's like you don't even want to see me. They call this place Weirdo Beach. I don't know. It ain't that weird to me. When you first moved to Oakland, that, that was your first stop in California? Right. And no, no. Marin City was before. Marin City? Okay. Then Oakland. Well, you, you left Baltimore and came to Marin City. Yes. And when you were in Baltimore, you were in a school of the performing arts. How come you didn't enroll in one when you came to California? I, I couldn't find one. When I came to California, I was broke, so I had to um, go to a regular high school. But you eventually dropped out, right? Yeah, sure did. I didn't have enough credits. Like, everybody was about to graduate. I came, went to 12th grade, was about to graduate, everything. Right before I was about to graduate, they was like, you got to come back next year and get a health credit and a, P, a physical education credit. And I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. I had just barely made it out with money coming to school and lunch money and all that. I said, I got to get paid. I got to find a way to make a living. So I dropped out knowing that I would have graduated. Not to say that y'all shouldn't graduate, but for me at that particular time, it was more important that I find some way to live. But you did get your GED. You moved out on your own. Mm -hmm. And what? so what did you get as far as a job is concerned? What did you do when you stopped going to school? I only had two jobs ever in my life. One was in Round Table Pizza. I used to make the pizza, but it was good. It was the perfect job to have it because I was hungry and I got to, like, eat all the toppings off people's pizza. That's why I ate, because everything is right there. Can you imagine us making pizzas on the side, <laughs> bringing pizzas home. I'm calling in my own deliveries. <laughs> Let me get uh, two shrimp with everything. <laughs> Um, but that job, I lasted about a month. Then I worked as the guy that packs your bags in the supermarket for about, uh, let's see, two weeks. Then the dude kept catching me writing raps by the time clock. I used to be like, you know, I'm a write for Instead a while. Instead of loading people's groceries. <laughs> like, she can carry her own shit. So. Did it ever right. occur to you that you might be able to get scholarships to go to college, or was that just not even an issue? I always wanted issue. to go to college, but I wanted to go to college and be comfortable. Like how people, like... I don't know, this might be presumptuous, but like I know a lot of people that are in college, they, they, they have their lives already okay, you know what I mean? Like someone's paying for them to go to college. They have somewhere to live. They have somewhere to live while they're going to college. You just know they get money, all that. Somebody can pay their tuition and all of that. I, didn't, I don't have that. Until I can have that, I can't go to college, even though I want to, because that type of shit, that turned me on. With all the encouragement that you got in Baltimore at the High School of Performing Arts for your acting, did it ever occur to you to come out to California and be a professional actor here when your mom moved out here? Nah, that was the last thing on my mind. I came to California, I was broke, nowhere to stay. 
Um, what do you mean nowhere to stay? I didn't have anywhere to stay. I was staying with a friend of a friend of a friend of my mother. Why weren't you staying with your mother? Because she was in at no, she was in Baltimore. We didn't have any lights and electricity. We was about to get evicted, so I had, she sent me first. You know how mothers do mm-hmm. protect the young. So I went out there broke. I wasn't even thinking about acting. I was just thinking about surviving. But such is life. I ended up doing it. What I, what I love the most, I ended up doing both of those things. During that time when you went to California, your mother was in Baltimore. Is that when she was a crack addict? No, she was uh, um, addicted to crack when I was in California. First from California. What's up? All right, what's happening? And what was that like to have a mother who was addicted to crack? I love my mom. She the bond to me. So I know I she is now, mistakes. but what about then? It was hard. It was hard because, you know, she was my hero. Did she you ever have any temptation with crack? Never, ever. My, never, never. My father died like that. But a man that I know, I knew was my father. The man that I knew died. The man that I knew was my father, he died with cocaine. So... It was never my thing. And why do you think that your mother had that time of weakness with crack? Everything was just going bad for her. It's harder for a woman to raise a family than it is for a man. Oh, yes. All day. <laughs> what you think? A little bit of me? Tip it to the side or something? Go back. It ain't my style, it ain't Coutier. Give me a characterization of your childhood. How would you describe what it was like growing up? I was the total opposite of what I am right now. I was quiet, withdrawn, I read a lot, I wrote poetry, kept a diary. Um, I watched TV all the time. I stayed in front of a television. I went to movies. Everything. What did you do that was, I mean, it seems like going from a homeless shelter to a project or having to worry about having enough food on the table must have been very difficult. How did you deal with that? Were there any therapeutic ways for you to heal yourself? I smoked weed, I hung out with the drug dealers and the criminals, and I got... uh, And that made you feel better? Interestingly enough, yes, because they have those same problems, and they found a way to get out of it. As a kid, this is what I was thinking. And so did you end up selling drugs also, because those were your... I I think I tried selling selling drugs for maybe uh, two weeks, then the dude was like, oh man, give me my drugs back, because I didn't know how to do it. I sell, somebody didn't pay me back. I'd be like, oh, it's okay. Smoke most of it. Yeah, no, I never smoked it. Never smoked it. I'd just be like, it's okay. You don't have to pay me back. Um, Dudes would give me their watch and say, you know, give me this amount for my watch. Like a pawn shop Yeah, and I'd give him his watch back. He didn't give me no money. So dudes like, no more for you. So then the dope dealers used to just look out for me when I would come back from school. They'd just give me money and be like, don't get involved with this. Get out there, do your dream. So they was like my sponsors. Uh, I got the real one on the other. Yeah, no doubt, bro. I'm like, you got some bad habits. 
shit on you. This is how I just go ahead, man. How Ben is doing? Yeah, you gotta go and take some shit. You know, you the man. Nah, see, I don't want to get you some shit. You gotta go and take some money. You just sell some. I don't want to mess up your thing out here. You gotta mess up your thing? Yeah. How did you go from making pizza to being in digital underground? I used to rap everywhere. I was one of those people, man. I put my tape in the tape deck. I interrupt talks, conversations, and start rapping. So I met up with one person. One person hooked me up with another person. This lady named Layla um, introduced me to Adrian Gregory, who was managing Digital Underground. He was like, I'm going to send you to Digital Underground. They're in the studio. You just rap for Shock G on the spot. If you like you, then I'll pick you up. And so what was your first interaction with Shock G? Was he totally impressed? Yeah, I just walked in rap for him. He's like, okay, good, you're in. Boom, boom, boom. I'll see you later. And I just left, walked out of there like, dang. Was he wearing that big nose thing nah, for it? No, he's, he's just chilling. He's just normal. Do you look back on those days with fondness or a little embarrassment? I look back with the greatest fondness. The, the, those were like some of the best times of my life because... Well, when I mentioned Digital Underground to you yesterday, you were like, Ugh. No, because it just brings back like silly. Yeah, I guess it's I mean, embarrassing too, but it's all funny to me. It's all good. The, the silly parts is like me running around in zebra print underwears and uh, making simulated sex with blue-up dolls and... Just we had like the funniest, craziest show. I think hip hop need another digital underground right now. Do you ever talk to any of them anymore? No doubt, Shock G. He was involved with me against the world. He came to see me in jail. He did? Yeah, no doubt. How long do you think it's gonna take? Were you introduced to this quote-unquote thug mentality? When I was out there by myself, with nowhere to stay and no money. Which which city? And, um, in California? Bits of it was in Baltimore. Pieces of it was in uh, Marin City. And then the rest came in Oakland. And what was your first introduction? Drug dealers or? Drug dealers, uh, pimps, prostitutes, uh, that's really it. Criminals. But they weren't like young, glamorous guys, you know. They weren't like... Well, why did you want to hang out with them then? They just, they the only people that cared about me at that point. When I had nowhere to go... But you said your mother hungry. always cared about you. She did, but she was lost at that particular moment. And she couldn't, she wasn't caring about herself at that moment. Tell Being me. a man, I needed a father, uh, I needed a male influence in my life. And these were the males. The other males who could have been a more positive influence on me were too scared to come where I was. Or they didn't have the money or they didn't right. have the heart or whatever. Well, tell me about not growing up with a father. Why didn't you grow up with a father? 
it's not just me, it's a lot of people, but I In didn't because, case. I mean, the times that I came up and was like the late 60s, they were still having free love, you know, they was just hitting what they was hitting. And, my mother got pregnant and didn't really, wasn't really getting with the guy that she got married her pregnant. She was married to someone else at the no, time, No, no, she right? wasn't married. No? My mother was out just living her life. Thank you, I appreciate it. Thank you. And um, she got pregnant and had me. I didn't have a father. Did, Did you know father. who the father was, your biological father? I still don't know who it is. Um... For sure. I have never taken any blood tests. The guy who I knew was my father, who claimed to be my father, he, he passed away, he died. And is that legs? Yes. But then recently, while I was, when I, after I got shot, this other guy came was like, he was my father, and he looks like me. He been in the jail to see me. His kids look like me. Well, what was that like? That was the bug out of me. I just woke up and he was standing over me. So. In jail? When I was in the um, hospital. And what did he, I mean, do you believe him? I do in a way because he looks like me and his kids look like me. Why don't you get a blood test to find out? It's, it's scary. Is it pointless now? In a way. I, I mean, I'm not going to love him anymore or love him any less. So, it's pointless. Did he explain why he left? Yeah. What did he say? It was personal. It wasn't, you know, I don't want to bring okay. put his word. I'll tell everything about me, but I don't right. want to no, give out his business. That's cool. Um... <clears throat> Can you tell me why you looked at legs as your father? Because the way my mom told me was like, he didn't even care. He was like, yo, because he slept with her around the same time. So he was like, you had a kid? She was like, yeah. He came and saw me in the bed. I had a real big head when I was a little kid. Same thing like right now. And he's like, oh, that's my son. No blood test, nothing. He was just like, that's my son. Took care of me, gave me money. But he was like a criminal too. He was a drug dealer out there doing this thing. So he only came, bought me money material things. You said that you had to go through a lot of tough times on the streets and you had to suffer a lot of abuse as a child. What yeah. kind of specific abuse are you talking about? I'm going to write a book and tell, and tell everything. So you're not going to tell me? Then I, I mean, are no, we talking... Then I wouldn't get no money for my pain. I'd rather write a book about it. Get paid for my pain. You don't pain. count all those number one albums as money for your pain? Yeah, but I want to write about it. It'll be deeper. All right. All right. Um... Your mother has said that Tupac is always, your mother said Tupac has always been the person who makes up the game. Yeah. Do you know what she meant by that? I don't know what she meant, but. How do you interpret it? That. <laughs> I put it down. <laughs> you what? I put it down. I put it down. If it's about rap music, if it's about acting, whatever, I, I try to get, I want to get into the head seat, to the front seat. So I do what I got to do to get to the front seat. Um, I work hard. Um, I got to be involved. I got to, I got to excel at it. It can't be a small thing. It got to be a big thing. And I'm, I believe that I'm a natural born leader. What does that mean? And, um, but when I see the hands, I literally just had a vision of, um, Mary for some reason. Okay. And so Mary Jesus' mom. And so, um, in that moment, it just led me to watch the movie The Passion of Christ, okay? And as a kid, I watched that movie, and for years, I didn't see it until, like, four years ago when God had snatched me out of my pit, and then he led me back to that, okay? And so I knew that it was, like, God doing a renewal, a rebirth, like, stripping me of even more things okay to develop me more into who it is that he's calling me to be and so y'all
Ooh, child, if you haven't watched The Passion of Christ in a minute, baby, you should watch it, okay? But watch it on a day where you actually have room and time to feel all of the emotions, okay? The anger, the forgiveness, the fear, the the, the sadness, the wailing, like, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's just crazy how much when you begin to love God, okay, in a way that you can't even explain to other people. Like, I can't explain my love of God, okay, or my love of Jesus, right? to other people it's just a yearning that i have right okay and i know that i'm here on earth to do my work and to do whatever it is that god wants me to do but of course my heart would rather be in heaven with jesus right who wouldn't want to be with jesus child listen okay um but god was like girl take your time you got way too much work to do and i'm like okay but um it'll just have you in that moment where like you're just yearning for jesus and like you just want to hug jesus you just want to kiss jesus if only i could have been here on earth you know like during the time that jesus was here on earth right and so even in those moments where you know like i was just crying and well and just watching um the movie all the holy spirit said was i'm still alive i'm still alive i'm still alive and right and so he's just talking to me like and i'm still here no fear no doubt i'm still here he was like um what was that what's the scripture um he said last night um fear not for I, have, for I have overcome the world okay he kept saying that to me and so listen i don't even know why i touched on that but um listen child i just wanted to get on here to tell y'all that watching that movie okay and watching the ashes watching how much pain how much suffering how much betrayal how many how much things you know were happening to jesus how much jesus was mocked my gosh he was mocked and to this day he still is mocked right but the beauty that came out of that and so right now if god is saying like the places in your area that look like ashes the places in your area that are barren the places in your life that look like black the places in your life that have no 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 beautiful flowers blossoming from it it's just straight dirt with no water it just looks dry child listen God is like, you have no idea how I can take those ashes and create a beautiful masterpiece. How I can take those ashes and transform you. Listen, I don't even know who this word is for, but I just want you to know, okay? And God wants you to know that it says that for those who grieve in Zion, he's like, I will crown the beauty. Instead of um, he was like the he was like instead of I don't even know what I oh instead of ashes the oil of joy okay listen child that is God saying I will restore you I will crown you with beauty okay listen you don't have to worry my God thank you Holy Spirit be still and know that I am God God said be still and know that I am God be still and know that I am God forgive them for they may not know forgive them father for they do not know they don't know they just don't know child listen I don't even know where this video was going 
But it's a confirmation to somebody to know that God is going to take your ashes and turn it into something so beautiful, so sweet, so powerful. My God, and as I say that, I wish y'all could see this beautiful orange butterfly that just flew across the show. Listen, that's another confirmation. I pray that you all can receive this word. I don't even know where this word was going, but I know that this word is for somebody. But anyways, I love you all, and I will see you all next time. Bye. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Shantia, and I'm back with another banger, another word, okay? So listen, y'all, I got a word for y'all today. But first, I just want to announce the winner. So we do have a winner for the um, person that I will be sponsoring to attend the Forgiveness Conference, okay? Her name is Tiffany, and I already reached out to her, so I'm super, super excited, listen, child, because God made sure that she did not miss her blessing in this season. But anyways, so listen, so for the word <laughs> Your name is in my name, my name is in your name. I'm just and when God put this on my heart, all he said was Hallelujah. The door is just gonna open. God said you're not gonna approach doors no more with where you put your key in and the key don't work or you at the wrong door, child listen, or you try to open the door, but it's so much stuff behind that I'm a natural born leader. I, I don't I don't really take orders. I can take orders because I'm a good soldier, but I like to give orders. I like to say, you know, I like to follow my own heart, but I don't like to control other people. Right. I think everybody should be the leader. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why it confuses me. It seems like those characteristics are the characteristics are the characteristics of somebody who would want to find out who shot them. I don't understand why you can take five bullets and not be doing everything in your power to find out who did it. Because I'm saying, like, and then what do, do I do? Do you not believe that there's justice? Do you not and believe you have a shot? And then what do I do when I find them? Press charges. Mm-hmm. Attempted the murder. Know, the police know who shot me. And you don't believe that they're doing all they can to do that? Def, they're not doing everything they can to do that. They know who shot me. I already know who shot me. Number one, number two. But if it, it's like everybody knows who shot me, the police know who shot me. I well, don't if they have no know problems. who shot you. How come you don't know who shot you? Because they won't tell you. No, nah, it's, it's just I don't know. That situation with me is like what comes around goes around. Karma. I believe in karma. I believe in all of that. I, I'm not worried about it. You know, they miss. I'm not worried about it unless they come back. All right. Just one of them. I'm putting the bag for you. Yeah. All right. No flip, no cap, no mess. Just grab and squeeze. Try Don Easy Squeeze. I went from hating my 9 to 5 finance job and never hearing the word microgreen to now growing 1,500 trays of them per week and making over $700,000 per year. I now want a mission to show people from around the world that microgreens can change their lives too. I just finished putting together a free training showing exactly what I would do if I were to start all over from scratch. You'll discover the exact equipment you need to get started, the only four varieties you need to grow, a unique method to get repeat subscription customers, the biggest mistakes I made that you must avoid, and a whole lot more, completely free. 
The strategies and advice I am sharing in this free training are specifically designed for beginners who haven't grown microgreens before or are struggling to monetize their hobby. You'll leave this free training with a roadmap to make $2,000 a month in your very own microgreens home delivery service and the potential to scale your farm well to your heart's content. Click below, register today, and enjoy the free training. First one that I thought about was Paul and Silas, okay? When Paul and Silas was in prison, and, and, and it says about midnight, when when the prison doors opened. Huh? Oh, that's what you know what? We my homeboy. Come on, see you. What's up, bud? What's up, bud? What's up? Uh, oh, how you? Why don't you stop buying some incense, man? Make me rich, man. Man, I got so many incense, I'm starting to stink. What's up, man? All right. What's up? All right. You grew up without a father. How do you feel like your life would be different if you had grown up with a father? I'd have had some discipline. I'd have had um, more confidence. Uh, you seem pretty confident to me. Now I am. Because now I'm, I'm, I believe that I'm, a, I'm my own man. And I'm a man. You know, money gave me, gave me confidence. The screams of the crowd gave me confidence. But before that, I was a shell of a man. Do you feel like one day that you'll be a good father? I think I'll be a very, very good father. Why? Because I love kids. I love, uh, I love the innocence. I really, I did just does something to my chest. The innocence that they have and how they look up to you and how you can't do no wrong to them. And uh, I love that, man. I would do anything. I'd do damn anything. I'd do damn anything for them. All the kids in my life, my nieces, nephews, all, they get anything they want. They got the best Christmases, everything. They get whatever they want. I'm a sucker for them. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't have any kids myself because I'm scared to bring any children into this world, especially any black children. For now for right or forever? Now. Just for right now. Tell me about being raised by a mother who is a black panther. It was great to me because she taught me how to be more international instead of being local. And I did get some principles from her that I, that I always be with. She taught me how to be community orientated. And um, she, I think my mother taught me to understand women a lot more than... My, my peers can. You're in touch with your feminine side? I think so. I think so. <laughs> How do you know? Because I can be around, I'm not uncomfortable around women. I'm not uncomfortable around strong women. I'm not, um, I don't feel more, uh, I don't get like a, a, a predator thing going when I'm around demure females, you know. I don't get a thing like this when I'm around strong females. I like being around females. I'm comfortable. I can get with them on every level. To where I got homies that just get straight nervous around females. Weren't you going to maybe start a community center with Mike Tyson? I am. What's it, a, is that progressing? Well, what I'm trying to do now is have this program where I'm going to have like a, um, a, a rap league for like me, Tupac, I have his own football team, and Coolio have a football team, and Tretch have a football team, and we all Made sponsor up the of team. Kids and neighborhoods. Right. We sponsor the teams, have big um, games, probably get MTV to come do the World Series, um, get like all the community people, like the church 
to come out there and sell food and get the fathers and the uncles to be security and get the FOI and the deacons and everything and bring the community spirit back. And then on the weekends, we have like block parties. So I'm doing all this to raise money. Then we have like get a date, um, fundraisers, like people try to get a date with Tupac or Tretch or one of the other rappers. And where would the money go to? We'll have like a neutral center where we'll, we'll, we'll get the money together and that'll be for, we're trying to get a community center in every ghetto in the United States. It seems to me that you are trying to distance yourself from a thug life mentality. It's not that I'm just trying to show who I am. That people locked up on one part of me that they really did not understand. So now I'm trying to do two things. One, help them understand the part of me that they didn't understand. And two, is to show that, um, you know, this is the type of things that young black males can do. We can do anything if you just give us a shot. Stop trying to beat us down. Tupac, your life has been marred by considerable pain. Do you think you'll ever get to the point where you can live a normal, happy life? No. But I, uh, I'm going for it. I'm trying for it. And until then, I have to make the life that I do live as happy as I can and try to do the best with what I have. Do the, you know, live the best life I can live, be as happy as I can be. N nothing is perfect for anybody. I don't think. What do you think you're most known for? Your acting, your music, or the controversy that surrounds you? My big mouth. <laughs> my big mouth. I got a big mouth. Came out. I talk from my heart. I'm real. You know what I'm saying? Whatever comes, comes. But my controversy, probably. And it's not my fault. I'm trying to find my way in the world. You know, I'm trying to be somebody instead of just make money off everybody. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I go down paths that haven't been traveled before, and I usually mess up. But I learn. You know what I'm saying? I come back stronger. You know, I'm not talking ignorant. You know what I'm saying? So I obviously put thought into what I do. Um, so I think my mouth, my controversy. I've, I have not been out of the papers since I've been, since I joined Digital Underground. I've been in, all, you know what I'm saying? It's never, my name has not been not uttered. You know what I'm saying? And that's good for me because I don't want to be forgotten. If I'm forgotten, then that means I'm comfortable. And that means I think everything is okay. It's interesting how um, hip-hop, rap music in the beginning, or a song like Grandmaster Flash is the message, where basically they were saying, you know, it's like a jungle sometimes. I wish, you know, I wonder how I keep from going under. The whole root of what that song was was basically saying, look, these are the problems here. You know, and here we are 10 years or plus later. The problems are still still there, and the intensity of the music has built to the no hope, the I don't give a attitude. Um, how did we get from from Grandmaster Flash, the message, to where we are now in, in hip-hop? Um, again, you have to be logical. You know, if, if I know that in this hotel room they have, they have food every day, and I'm knocking on the door every day to eat, and they tell, and they open the door, let me see the, the party, let me see, like, them throwing salami all over the, I mean, just, like, throwing food around, where they're telling me there's no food in here, you know what I'm saying, every day, 
I'm standing outside trying to sing my way in. You know what I'm saying? We are hungry, please let us in. We are hungry, please let us in. After about a week, that song is going to change the we hungry, we need some food. After two, three weeks, it's like, you know, give me a little food and we're out the door. And after a year, and you just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm picking the lock, coming through the door, blasting. You know what I'm saying? It's like you hungry. You reached your level. You don't want any more. We asked 10 years ago. We was asking with the Panthers. We was asking with them. You know, it's civil rights movement. We was asking. You know, now, now those people that were asking, they're all dead and in jail. So now what do you think we're going to do? Ask. And we shouldn't be angry. And my raps that I'm rapping to my community shouldn't be filled with rage. You know what I'm saying? They shouldn't be filled with the same atrocities that they gave to me. In the media, they don't talk about it. So in my raps, I have to talk about it. And it just seems foreign because there's no one else talking about it. Right. Well, at playing devil's advocate, somebody might say, well, what does Tupac have? He, he's a movie star. He's got, you know, hit records. What does he have to complain about? And I'm going to tell you, um... It's like being the last person alive, you know what I'm saying? After three days, you can't do anything. What can I do? Where can I go? There's no, there's no black neighborhood, you know what I'm saying, with black people who have the same amount of money as me. You know what I'm saying? There's richer and there's poorer. There's no just, you know, did a movie, got a little bit of money, living okay, black neighborhood. I have to be in a white neighborhood, so I don't fit in. That's hell. It's hell when you can't be around your peers. All my life I grew up around black people, poor people, but I can't live around poor people now because they'll rob me. And why would they rob me? Because they're starving, because there's no money here. But they're telling me, now that I made a little money, I have to move here. So it's not like no one's ever trying to deal with this section. They're just moving away from it. And we're going to have more stars coming from together, but they're going to they're gonna all move this way. You know what I'm saying? So it's like all, all the society is doing is leeching off the ghetto. They use the ghetto for their pain, for their sorrow, for their culture, for their music, for their happiness, for their movies, to talk about boys in the hood. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be another young. I don't want to be 50 years old at a BET, We Shall Overcome um, Achievement Awards. You know what I'm saying? Uh-uh. Not me. You know, I want when they see me, they know that every day when I'm breathing, it's, it's, it's for us to go farther. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And that's our job is to spark somebody else watching us. We, we might not be the ones, but let's not be selfish. And because we're not going to change the world, let's not talk about how we should change it. I don't know how to change it, but I know if I keep talking about how dirty it is out here, somebody going to clean it up. I was having concerts, they were sold out, white boys, Mexicans, blacks, and they would do whatever I said. I could tell all those people in the audience to turn around in a circle, and they would do it. I was having love, I mean, like, undeniable love. And I was scared. I was scared that I would come to a town, and I have the, the, the leader of the gang there telling me, what do you need? I was scared, but so was America. So was somebody else, because all of a sudden I had all kind of legal problems. And you have to think about this. I had a clean record for 20 years, a clean record living in the ghetto, in the gutter, no record. What about my morals then? 
What about my character then? You know what I'm saying? In two years that I start raising noise and I start being publicly viewed, I've had a record. And now it looks like I'm a criminal who has no way of being reformed. But all of these came one after the other. Do you understand? Right. It takes logic. Well, what about, I mean, some of, I mean, that's another interesting part of your past. Have you ever been incarcerated before? Have I ever been yeah. incarcerated? Well, not for longer than a day. Long enough for somebody to take me. You know, the police can arrest anybody they want and put them in jail. But if you stay there, yeah, that, you know what I'm saying? I haven't, I haven't stayed anywhere. I've been arrested a lot and put in the cell, and they come and get me when I call my lawyer. You know what I'm saying? But I'm an innocent type of guy. <laughs> well, I wanted to bring up, I mean, obviously tomorrow is a, is a big day. You're being yeah. sentenced tomorrow. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're sitting here in 24 hours. You'll know what, you know, what the situation is going to be. Are you thinking about the prospect of going to jail? Um... First, I was like, I'm not going to jail. I was like, if they try to come get me for something I didn't do, I'm going to open fire. You know what I'm saying? But I can't do that because it's not just me anymore. You know what I'm saying? That's what they expect. If I have to, if God sees it fit for me to spend time in a cell, if he wants my brain to be inside of a cage, if he's brought me so far from hell to put me here, and now he wants me to go to jail, I'll go. You know what I'm saying? If that's where I'm meant to be. But I don't think so. I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? I don't really believe in my heart that I belong in jail. I don't believe I did anything to warrant me going to jail. Okay. Um, what do you think, if you do go to jail, is to be expected because you are a known personality? I'm asked to be put in solitary confinement, and I'm going to do push-ups and read books and come out weed-free, smoke-free, and with a degree or some shit. You know what I'm saying? I won't let it stop me. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to jail to just parlay. If I went to jail... Best believe it's not like I'm gonna have a problem in jail. I got love there, you know what I'm saying? I got love from, from thugs and the street dudes. And I can go to jail and probably organize a riot, you know what I'm saying? But that's not what I wanna do. If I have to go to jail, I, I don't even wanna be living. I wanna just cease to exist for however long they have me there. And then when I come out, I'll be reborn, you know what I'm saying? I'll be taking less, less problems. And that my mind will be sharper and the venom will be more potent, you know what I'm saying? So they shouldn't send me there. They should really try to, appeal, you know, it's like you don't throw more gasoline on the fire to put it out. Mm -hmm. what, what about, um, I mean, this is one step and there's some other, you know, cases that are going to be coming up. What has changed for you? And you mentioned the last two years is when all, everything started to happen one after the other. What changed for you in these two years? How is your life now different than it was before? Like I said, you know, it was no spot for Tupac. It's not like there was somebody like me before and I, and I moved into the spot so I can ask him how he did it. You know what I'm saying? There was no spot here. Nobody wanted to be, you know, the, the person that thugs and the street people could rally around. Nobody wanted to be that. So when I was that, I couldn't handle it. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't, I could handle it, but not right away. Of course, I had problems. I was making mistakes that anybody would make when you have 14,000 people ready to do whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? When you have all over the country people waiting to hear what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? This thug life code, we have a code putting order to the violence on the streets. And when they're all listening to you, I got people in the penitentiary, you know what I'm saying? Big time OG criminals who are calling me, telling me they want me to lead their movement. I mean, I'm going to have a problem. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to have a small identity crisis here. You know what I'm saying? Because, I've, like I said, I was a, from a single father. You know what I mean? A single mother with no father, no male figure. Now I got every man in America who 
wants to take an order from me. You know what I'm saying? Wants to know what I want to do. Or, you know, what's my plan for young black males? And that makes me scared. But that makes me want to rise to the occasion. You know what I'm saying? What makes me want to give my whole life to him. And I will give my whole life to, 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 to this plan that I have for thug life. Now, when you said a code, I don't know exactly what do you mean by a code. I organized the OGs in the East Coast and the West Coast and the penitentiaries um, to um, come up with a set of codes of ethics for, for, for criminals, you know? Like, um, we, we're going to get be against drive-bys, kidnappings, attacks on um, people that are not involved with the, with, with the street game, with the drug trade, or the illegal business at all. You know, all that kidnapping and shooting drive-bys out the car, we're against that. And people who perpetrate that, they have to deal with the consequences when they go to jail, because that's what's going to enforce this code and the thug life that's on the street. It's like we're cleaning up the dirt. I can't change what the dirt that's here, but I can put all this dirt in one corner. You know what I'm saying? Somehow I have some order here. And, and for that, they need to give me a little leg room. You know what I'm saying? Let me need, let me do what I want to do because nobody else is going to do it. Nobody else wants to do it. But I'm not scared to walk in the middle of Watts, Compton, Chicago, whatever. Just sit down with whoever's the OG and say this is what we need to do. I didn't want to change. I didn't want, I love that, you know, even though I was with Janet Jackson, big movies and all that, I'd be up at the dirtiest house party in the hood. And people could not believe it. And I used to thrive off that. Being up in the party and somebody turn around and go, oh my God, that's too hot. And everybody going crazy because I'm up in a dirty party, no security, lights out, drinking, hella drunk, you know, drunk with everybody else. But that's what kept my sanity. That's what kept me right. That's what kept me going. My fans know that I'm real. My fans go to jail just like me. They understand me. Half my fans are white. The white fans, they listen just as much as the black fans. The ones that have approached me, I've been genuine fans. These are the people that are going to have jobs in the future and are going to hire my family. But many of my fans don't have ID. Some have jobs, some don't. Some are on welfare, you know what I'm saying? Some are not. Some are rich and some are poor, but they all share that hopeless feeling. Thug life hit me like the Holy Ghost. It, it cuts both ways. To me, it's like, when I say I live the thug life, baby, I'm hopeless. One person might hear that and just like the way it sounds, you know what I'm saying? But I'm doing it for the kid that really lives a thug life and feels like it's hopeless. So when I say hopeless, and when I say, the th when I say it like that, it's like I reach him, you understand? And even if when I reach him, it, it, it makes it look glorious to the guy that doesn't live that life, I, I mean, I can't help it, it's a fad, you know? He'll drop the thug life soon enough, but for the person that I was trying to reach, he'll pick it up and I'll be able to talk to him again. I'm thinking of being responsible, but it's hard. Once you start worrying about what you're saying, I get right as block. I feel like I can't say that, that's too harsh, can't say this. Now I have to just block it out and trust my heart that I'm doing the right thing. When did I ever say I was a gangster rapper? You know what I'm saying? I'm a thug. When I'm saying thug, I mean not criminal, someone to beat you over the head. I mean the underdog. If the person that had nothing succeeds, he's a thug. Because he overcame all obstacles. It doesn't have anything to do with the dictionary's version of thug. To me, thug is my pride. Not being someone that goes against the law, not being someone that takes, but being someone that has nothing. And that even though I have nothing and there's no home for me to go to, my head is up high. My chest is out. I walk tall. I talk loud. I'm being strong. I don't understand why America doesn't understand thug life. America is thug life. What makes me saying I don't give a fuck different than Patrick Henry saying, give me liberty or give me death? What makes my freedom less worth fighting for than Bosnians or whoever they want to fight for this year?
before Thug Life, when you were with Digital, working as a roadie and as and as a dancer, mm-hmm. was that real? When I mean, I just read that you used to like do dance, you know, the dances with the plastic. Do dance with the naked doll. That was me. That's what I mean by I'm real. I'm truly hardcore because I needed the money and I had to work. So if you told me that for me to get paid, I had to go out there in bikini briefs and hop on top of this doll, and that's how I got to get paid. And I was homeless at the time. That's what I had to do. You know what, what I'm saying? What? But what I did was not let him pimp me. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like I just did that because that was my order. As soon as I got the chance to say what was on my mind, I said what was on my mind. And we have a platinum record now. You know what I'm saying? So I went from dancing naked with the dolls being unknown to now having a platinum record. You know what I'm saying? And, and now I don't have to never touch another naked doll. I'll never have to dance, jiggle, nothing. I can hire dancers. You know what I'm saying? I got three people dancing. I got people dancing in the audience. You know what I'm saying? Well, you have to work for one point to go to another point. So I admire the work ethic. I think that it should be reinforced throughout our neighborhoods, that everybody should work hard. Practice makes perfect. You have to be diligent about what you want. You have to apply yourself. You have to motivate yourself. And you have to do it for self, by yourself. And then you can do things for other people. But that's what I had to do. I had to do for self. You gotta get do you feel in any way by having a 40, having a gun and a blunt, if that's glorifying the use of, of that to children? It might. Yeah, I thought about that, you know, I thought about how much that, you know, the 40s and all that, and I was kind of against it before, but whatever I wrote was honest. It might not have been positive, you know what I'm saying, it might not have been politically correct, but I've reached somebody, you know what I'm saying, they they, they relating to me, they relate to the brutal honesty in the rap. There's no Jesse Jacksons around, you know what I'm saying, there was, those people weren't around, all those people that pop up and say, we need to check what we're saying and rapping and TV, those people are not around. It's Frank Sinatra, a gangster singer, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, Steven Seagal, a gangster actor. I rap about the oppressed taking back their place. My lyrics and my verses are about struggling and overcoming. I mean, women know that there are bitches out there. I don't know why women look surprised. They know. They say it louder. They just think that we're saying they're all bitches. That's not what we're saying. And that's why I try to do what keep your head up and get around. I said, I'm write a song about the women like my mom or the women like my sister, who I think um, represent a strong black woman. I did that. Now I'm rapping about the women that I see every day, and that was get around. If I just did songs like Keep Your Head Up, it would make me seem more than what I am, but I'm just a normal man. I get love. I still get love for my community. I owe everything. That's what I owe everything to the, to the hood. I cannot give it up. I don't understand how people could stand next to you one year, and next year, they cannot stand there. They just going crazy screaming. They just can't take it that you're right there. But just last year, I was in the same club walking around lonely like a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Couldn't get a date. Couldn't get nobody to dance with me. I was too skinny, too something. And now he's just adorable. He's just, oh! Well, how did your relationship or lack of a relationship with your father father influence who you are today um because i didn't have a father i thrived for the family you know what i'm saying so that's what made me be able to do this work that's what makes me be able to accept all black people as my family you know that's that's part of my downfall but um because i didn't have a father it makes me cold and bitter not not just as the excuse i know people are tired of hearing oh yeah father, we had a rough life but i mean you have to be logical you know what i'm saying 
the reason I didn't have a father, it's not like I'm saying, okay, now sympathize with me. I'm saying, remember that I'm telling you I did not have a father. So when you go, what kind of kid is that? What kind of morals do we got? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I was raised by a Black Panther, you know, and out of jail. I was raised on, like, by a lot of street people. So, of course, my values are real street orientated. But that doesn't mean that I don't have any values or I don't have any morals. You know what I'm saying? It's just that my morals are applied to the people who I'm around. If you had a father figure growing up, how would you be different? Would you be different right now? I think I'd, be, I'd probably be a lawyer somewhere, you know? Because um, I went to hung out. I went to look for that father figure. And I went to learn all this treacherous street game that now I can't forget. Because I was raised by a woman half my life and then thrown to the streets, it's like I got the woman's side, then I got real rough, manly um, values, like war storm. So sissy. <laughs> Don't be so sissy, too. <laughs> well, basically, uh. Boogaloo. 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 playing the role of Boogaloo. What is Boogaloo? Where did that name come from, yeah, first come of all?